an off day for the Detroit Tigers, a much-needed off day for your Detroit Tigers. So we take a look at all of the possible roster moves. We're going to have a lot of roster turnover over this week and really as a whole over the next probably two to three weeks. It's going to be a ton of roster turnover within the Tigers organization. So we're going to take a look at all the possibilities for the roster today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Tuesday, June 7th, 2022. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. Now make your second listen to Locked On MLB podcast. Host Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and biggest stories from around the league. Uh, this episode is also brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Okay, so what's up, everyone? How y'all doing? Goodness gracious. I'll tell you what. Uh, if I sound a little nasally, my allergies have kicked my ass. So if I sound gar- like garbage or, or whatever, I truly apologize. There's not much I can do about it. I mean, I, I have like barely been able to to take in like a, a breath today. It's been really, really brutal. Uh, so I apologize for that. If I have to sneeze or blow my nose or whatever throughout this. No, I uh, I hate it probably more than you do. All right. So uh, on this nice, fine off day uh, on Monday, Tigers have a, a much needed off day, as I said, at the cold open. And we have two off days this week, which is actually super, super nice. And is I can't I don't even know if we've had that yet this year. I genuinely can't remember a, a two a two off day week this season. I think this might be our first of the year, which is, you know, crazy considering it's June, but that's what happens when you have to condense a season because of a lockout. So here we are. Uh, we went on that one stretch where for like 20 days, we played more games than, than the, the amount of days in the stretch. Uh, it's, it's been a, a grind. And especially when your team is struggling, makes that all the much worse. So, uh, it, it'll be nice to get a couple of off days on our belt. Maybe that'll help. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, maybe it sounds like I'm grasping at straws there and, and, and people are, uh, are like, all right, like calm down, dude. I'm not sure anything can help. That's totally fair. You're, you're very, uh, that, that's totally fair to have that opinion, but, uh, I'm just looking for anything that, that could possibly lead to, uh, to help with this team. And maybe some off days would help a little bit. I don't know, but we do have a ton of people coming off injury over the next couple of weeks. So I just think it's kind of a nice little laid back show where we just talk about the potential people coming back, the, uh, the, the people that they might be replaced by the people that might get sent down for them. Uh, all, all this stuff, because we do have, I, I, I'm, I waited all day. I was like, Hey, I'm going to give you all of money. I'm recording this at like 10 o'clock on Monday night. I was like, I gave you all day Detroit Tigers PR department to tell us, if Austin Meadows was going to play to make a roster move to, you know, Riley Green, et cetera. 
and they didn't do it on the off day. They didn't do it on Monday. So it sounds like the any roster move they do is going to happen right before the game on Tuesday, the day that you're listening to this. Uh, so it, it might be kind of short-sighted, but uh, e- even beyond just today as you're listening to this, um, th- there is a ton of roster turnover that's going to happen. And, I mean, just reading off some of the names of people that are – Coming back in some capacity over the next couple of weeks, we have Erod is supposed to make a rehab start, uh, potentially even by early or middle of next week. Uh, Robbie Grossman could, I think the report was he could be returning to action quickly, I think was the exact quote. The word quickly was used, uh, that, that he could be returning to, uh, to, to a rehab assignment. Um, Victor Reyes started a running program. That's been his thing. He he had the one <laughs> pulled messed up one muscle in one leg, and then in his first game back, messed up the same muscle in the opposite leg. Super fun stuff. Tyler Alexander looked phenomenal in his first couple of innings in Toledo for rehab. He could be someone that could come up relatively soon. Uh, Michael Pineda is probably in the back part of all of these guys, like furthest away. Um, I, I think that Pineda is is uh, not anywhere close, you know, to making a rehab start over the next week or so. Uh, but I, I think maybe he starts rehab a couple of weeks from now and, and we could get him back by the end of June. If, maybe that's optimistic. Um, but I, I think that that's totally feasible. Then you obviously, like we talked about earlier, have Austin Meadows that is slated to return any day now I truly believe we'll get into it but I truly believe that he's gonna be in Pittsburgh waiting for the team and then Riley Green who I also think is very very close uh and then even outside of injuries I mean that's a laundry list man that's so wild that's so wild that that's how many injuries we have and just people that could come back in June that's not even all the injuries we, we have people that are, are out for – who are not going to come back in June. You know, we have Casey Mize, who I don't think is – is there's really any possibility he comes back before the All-Star break. Like, we have like, – I mean, you want to throw Spencer Turnbull in there. I don't know if that counts, but we're going to count it for the sake of argument. Like, just so ridiculous. It's all so ridiculous. Um, so, it's, it's a laundry list of dudes by injury. But I also think that June is really where – we already saw Badu get sent down because of performance, and I think June is where a lot of those moves happen. I think June is is really the cutoff for a lot of teams of, hey, you've got two months under your belt now. If you're still not performing, it, it's time to it's it's time to make a, a change. And we talked about it a little bit on yesterday's show, but I think Eric Haas is a candidate to maybe get moved down based on performance. Now, the interesting thing with Haasi uh, is the, the thing that might make him hold out a little bit longer is the fact that he, um, well, not he, but the, the catcher position rather is there. The, those are the only two catchers on the 40 man roster as a whole, not even just the active roster on the entire 40 man. Those are the only two guys. So, uh, Garneau is somebody that has got experience and did was willing to get option down to the minors when he didn't have to uh when we dfa'd him earlier this year so he could be a candidate to come back now i don't want to dfa eric haas i'm not saying i want eric haas to not be on my 40-man roster i'm just saying he's really struggling on both sides of the plate we're in june now he's not the everyday starter 
I'm just not sure. We, like, we don't need his value for his. Somebody said this to me on Twitter, I'm pretty sure. Um, so I, I wish I could give them credit. But we don't really need his corner outfield versatility at, at this point. Like we have uh, people like Willie Castro. We have, I mean, Harold Castro played corner the other day. We have Cody Clemens who can play the corner. Uh, like we don't really need that. He hasn't played corner outfield in a very long time because of that. And that was one of the reasons that he made the team out of camp that in offense, which he hasn't been hitting really. So I, I think that he might be someone to take a look at. Now there's plenty of guys on the pitching side that you could very well, uh, that are, are relatively expendable when it comes to the 40 man roster. Um, so I, 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 while I don't think we should just DFA Eric Haas there, there is, I don't think you should do that. And, and I think that it is possible to just send him down to the minors, bring in Garneau and uh, DFA or, or option or, or wave rather somebody uh, on, on the pitching staff that's still in the minors. I mean, Drew Carlton has been on and off the 40 man a couple of times. Um, there, there's there's a couple of I mean, Sam Howard. There, there's a few guys on there that you could uh, that you could afford to to get off if you really want to make a move at catcher. But if they don't and they just want to see it through. Then, uh, I, I you know Hasi might be in for the long haul, and uh, you know we just hope he turns it around. I hope he turns around regardless. That's why I think it's not a bad idea to send him down, and get some confidence back under him. But uh, we'll see how it goes. That that's just like the first thing that came to my mind when it comes to non-injury guys, because the Badoob thing was already made. Um, I, I I think if you want to start chipping away at at some of the the performance-based talent. Uh, Haas might be an early candidate. No guarantee. I, you know, I don't know anything you don't know. So no, definitely no guarantee on that front. But I, I think that he might be a candidate relatively soon. Okay, we'll get into uh, the injuries. And we'll get into all these other dudes that are coming back and, and who could be replaced. Because there's going to be a lot of turnover. I mean, you're talking about like a quarter of the roster, maybe even closer to a third of the entire roster uh, that, that could be changed over the next like two to three weeks. So we're going to talk about all of it, lay all that out there, talk about who could stay, who could go, all that jazz. But first, I got to tell y'all about our friends over again at rockauto.com. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. So I endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders parts on their computer, choosing only the brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have a computer, you have access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. So save time and money and use Rock Auto. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? It just doesn't make sense. Rock Auto is a family business. They've been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even a new carpet. So go explore their easy-to-use website today. To find the solution for your auto parts needs, go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, everybody, we are back here for segment two. That's what segment we're on uh, at Locked On Tigers. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Uh, do have to plug that survey again. We've been talking about it a little bit over the last, uh, I guess, three or four episodes. But Locked On's having a survey. So important favor to ask you. 
they've put together a survey so we can learn more about what our listeners like and don't like and make your favorite Locked On podcast even better. This is your opportunity to tell us all of that, all your preferences, like I said, like and don't like about Locked On Podcast. So go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long. And everyone that completes it, the survey, can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. So to take the survey, go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. Thank you for your help. Okay. Back to the Tigers and, and their their crazy their crazy roster situation we got going on. So we talked about Hasse. Again, I, I, I really like Eric Haas's peak and I and I like the role that he has. I think that he very much can can fill that at a good level. Uh it's just so far this year he he hasn't been. And I'm I'm sure that he would say the same thing. So uh, we'll see what happens with him, but uh, there's definitely no guarantee that he gets sent down with no other catcher on the 40-man. When it comes to the rest of these guys, so Austin Meadows, we'll, we'll start with him. I think he's meeting the team in Pittsburgh. I truly believe that, uh, I mean, he hit his first home run of the season, finally hit a homer. It was in AAA, but he finally hit a homer, finally went yard, uh, got a hold of one. He said that he's been symptom-free the entire time, and A.J. Hinch, in response to saying that he was symptom-free, A.J. Hinch said, we'll see you soon. I, I am all but certain. I, I would bet quite a lot, on, if I was a betting man, obviously, uh, and I would use units, that he was going to meet the team in Pittsburgh on Tuesday. Uh, and worst-case scenario is they just wait until we come back home, and uh, he, he's there on Thursday for the day off and and uh, is there for the Toronto series this weekend. So I would expect Austin Meadows to be back in the Detroit Tigers dugout sometime between the next 24 and 72 hours, somewhere in that window. He will be back. He will be back soon. Has not experienced any symptoms of, of the really scary vertigo he had uh, for a little bit there. Seems to be over it. Really, really great news because that's a really scary thing that can last a whole like years and and decades even so really cool and and good to hear that he is uh that he's doing all right and and got over those just on a human being basis because that's a that can be a scary thing um but on a baseball basis certainly great news too because we could use that in the lineup golly uh riley green i think is the other one that we can talk about i don't want to save him for last because i also think that he's very close to making the majors my prediction for Riley Green is that he makes his major league debut against Toronto this weekend. That is that is my prediction. I think Riley Green is in a, a Detroit Tigers uniform and in a Detroit Tigers lineup by the Toronto series this weekend. Now, that's not a guarantee. I don't want to get everybody's hopes up, even though I probably just did a little bit. I don't want to get everybody all riled up, and then if he's not up by Toronto, then it's a huge thing. Uh, I, he's been hitting well. He's looked really good at the plate. Uh, he, he's got some power already. He's, he, he, he's for the first little bit there, it seemed to be either home run or out. Uh, but the last game or two, even, uh, he, he's had a lot more singles, putting the bat on the ball really well and still has that power. The swing looks great. He's stealing bases too. And like he had a foot injury and a broken foot and he's stolen multiple bases in like a week of being in Toledo, a little over a week of being in Toledo. So I, I, at this point, I would be really surprised if Riley Green was not on the team 
within the next week of you listening to this at the latest, I, I do think that it's almost time. And that is really, really exciting. Um, but I, I, I feel, I just, I feel like, I feel like a home series. They can keep him in Toledo, have him play a few more games, maybe make sure. I, I don't think he's going to Pittsburgh, but I, I do think that that he is very close, and we're going to get Riley Green really, really soon, and that's really awesome. Uh, Victor Reyes, somebody that, like we talked about, is starting a running program. Maybe over the next couple of weeks, makes his way back to the team. Uh, Erod, we talked about earlier as well, start could be making a rehab start in Toledo by the middle of next week, uh, according to Cody Stavenhagen. Um, and then Robbie Grossman rehab assignment pretty quickly was the quote from uh, from Stephen Hagen as well. So with those guys coming back, let's talk about who we could potentially see leaving the active roster in replacement of these guys who are going to start funneling back. When it comes to Meadows in green, that's right off the bat a fascinating conversation because you, you have some outfielders that are – I guess like relatively even, I guess is the way to play it. Like as far as their status on the team, as far as how they're viewed in, uh, in the organization, I, I think they're all relatively fair game. I mean, Daz Cameron even really interesting with him. Cause he's not like he's been, you know, had an a thousand OPS or anything, but he has a couple of late game knocks. He, he has a couple of hits that, that have been relatively impressive. He, he's looked fine in right field. I, I would like to see him in center over Willie even like, you know, he's looked pretty solid defensively. So um, he, he's an interesting one, but he continues to be really streaky at pretty much all levels that he's at. And uh, at the expense of Riley Green and Austin Meadows, that's still a no brainer. So I, I think that when Meadows comes back, it will probably be at the expense of either Daz Cameron or Derek Hill. I would imagine it's Daz Cameron first just because of, of the just incredible speed and not that Daz is slow or anything, but Derek Hill is, is the fastest dude on this roster and, and one of the top probably two or three fastest dudes in this entire organization and just the athleticism and the ability to the confidence to play everyday center field. I think we'll keep him there a little bit longer. So I, I think Daz is probably the first to go. But it could be Derek Hill. That, that's a totally feasible uh, situation as well. Once you get Green and Meadows back is where it gets super interesting. I think then you probably see Cody actually might just be the first first to go. Also, though, this is <laughs> this is where it gets weird now, too, is when you're working in. I was really hoping, again, one of the reasons I saved this to late Monday was because of the Candelario injury. And I wanted to see, hey, maybe they announce it on the off days so that it's easier for all of us and we can make roster predictions that are super easy because we know who's on the team. And of course they didn't because it's, again, like I said, past 10 o'clock now on Monday and, and nothing's been announced. So uh, with Candelario, if Candy isn't hurt, Cody Clemens is probably the first to go back to the minors before Daz, before anybody. I don't care about position. I, I, I would imagine that... It, Austin Meadows comes back. Cody Clemens is probably the first to go because if Candy's healthy again, because Harold can play every position. Willie, if you really need him to, can play some of the infield positions. Not that you want to make that a habit, but he he can. Uh, there's just 
Cody came up for, you know, corner outfield depth as well as you don't need him at second base. You don't need him really anywhere in the infield if, if everybody's healthy. So I think Cody is definitely the first to go, assuming Candy's healthy. If Candy's hurt, it becomes a different conversation because you need somebody else who can play the infield. Then you start talking about Daz maybe being the first to go. Uh, and then Derek, I think, follows Daz, I guess. If for green, when green comes back, I, I guess uh, Derek Hill would then be the next one to go. So then you're rocking an outfield of Austin Meadows, Riley Green. Um, well, maybe not, I guess. <laughs> Willie Castro. And then that like, that's kind of it. Like Willie Castro and then Harold can play some corner. I mean, we've been playing Willie in center field for crying out loud. So, like, uh, clearly Hinch has some faith in him in the outfield, even though the rest of us don't. I don't know. It's gonna get it's gonna get really interesting. It's gonna get really interesting. We'll we'll keep talking about different possibilities. There is no guaranteed right or wrong answer. I I think it's a very fluid conversation. So I think it's a fun one to kind of have because there's a lot of of bobbing and weaving you can do with this uh, roster and and who you sent down and how you shape it. So. We'll keep talking about it, but first, I got to tell y'all about our friends over at Built Bar. Don't you love a chewy, chocolatey brownie? What about a caramel brownie? Caramel, caramel, however you pronounce it. Swirled on top. It's so good. And what if I told you you could have all of that, all of that great deliciousness, plus 17 grams of protein? Well, you're in luck because the caramel brownie bars are available at Built.com right now. You got to act fast. Because they are a fan favorite. Forget about dessert. These are better than dessert. Plus, the macros are unreal. 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, only 4 grams of sugar. I would replace a regular brownie with Built's Caramel Brownie Bar in a heartbeat. It wouldn't even be a a question for me. They're fantastic. Okay? Then the best part is they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Like, for real. Like, actual real chocolate. You don't have to sacrifice tasty for healthy. You can have both with built bar and all of built bars are made with incredible protein your body absorbs more efficiently provides tons of health benefits they're so good they're so good for you there's a million reasons you should try built bars but for now let's just say caramel brownie will rock your world and that's not an understatement so go to built.com use promo code lock 15 for 15 percent off of your order it's promo code lock 15 for 15 percent off at built.com All right, everybody, welcome back to our third and final segment here at Locked on Tigers. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Let's get back to uh, this roster conversation. It's kind of just an open convo. I'd love to get your guys' opinion on on uh, on who you think would get sent down, get called up, all of that stuff. Uh, because, again, I, I don't think there's a exact blueprint. I think it's a pretty open conversation. So, I mean, you could just kind of do a clump right like just when all of these dudes come back who are all the dudes that are that are expendable but i i think the fact that you have to phase them in almost makes it more difficult because dudes get on hot streaks and dudes get on cold streaks and some people play their way into being more expendable or play their way out of being more expendable it's it's a really fascinating thing roster construction to me um so for starters we'll lock in if if candelario is healthy if candelario is healthy then Meadows comes back for Cody Clemens. Green comes back for Daz Cameron. I think those are pretty safe bets because then you have Derek Hill, 
Riley Green, Austin Meadows, all in an outfield together. You also have Willie Castro, who can play corner outfield if you need him to. You have Harold Castro, who can play corner outfield if you need him to. That last corner outfield spot, it does get a little shaky and a little interesting. Uh, but Derek has, has I mean, think about a, a defensive outfield of Derek in center or right. Riley Green, wherever Derek's not. And then, you know, Austin Meadows isn't a phenomenal defender, really. But that, you know, that that's two plus defenders, potentially, both in your outfield. And, and you've been rocking with, like, barely any plus defenders in your outfield for years now. So, like, kind of a kind of a fun thought, at least. It'll, it'll be interesting. It'll be really interesting. And, and the conversation between Daz and Derek, I, I don't think is a slam dunk either. Um, I, I lean Daz just because he uh, – he, when it, when it comes to Daz versus Derek, neither of them have been incredible plus bats, even though Daz has had some late game heroics. Uh, and, and I think they just lean towards, you know, solid defense and, and good on the base plat, pats at the end of the day. So we'll see, though. It, it's definitely, like I said, none of this is a guarantee at, at, at any level. Um, then when you get to the pitchers, so you get to Victor Reyes, when he comes back, he'll just take Daz or, or Derek spot, whichever one is is still on the roster at the time. Um, so that's not too much of a conversation. Um, we already talked about Garneau possibility and catchers. Uh, pitchers. Okay, yeah, let, let's just get to the pitching. When Erod comes back, I think that it's at the expense of when, – when any pitcher comes back, I think the first pitcher that's going to leave is Jacob Barnes. We kind of talked about it a little bit yesterday with Barnes. He got off to, he had a really nice start as all of this, this entire bullpen did. He had a really nice start to the season. And then the last, I mean, it's probably been three weeks now, ever since that Baltimore series, I guess, honestly, it's been, it's, it's been a pretty rough go for him and he's been giving up contact early. I don't know if that's a scouting report thing or what, but like the first several pitches of the game are gone for him or out of the pen, I should say, are, are gone. They're, they're well over the fence, cranked. So I think that he could uh, very well be, I think he's the most likely to, to be the first one to go. Um, and then when Erod comes back, then it gets a little more complicated because when you bring, um, I, I think Alexander's probably the first pitcher back. He already pitched two innings, whatever. So when he comes back, I think that's at the expense of Jacob Barnes. Then, if Erod's the, the pitcher following that, then I think that it's probably Ronnie Garcia, right? Well, I guess Elvin would actually probably make more sense. I think Elvin. I think Elvin's the way to go there. I kind of forgot about Elvin. This starting pitching staff is just band-aided up. But I think that the organization likes Ronnie, and I think they've liked what they've seen out of him. Uh, I know that he's been had to expand his role way more than what everybody thought. And I know he's given up some hard contact, whatever, but you saw it in the Yankees game. Honestly, you saw it in the Twins game when he gave up, whatever, six runs in four innings. He has some swing and miss stuff all of a sudden. He, he's got a, a power-breaking ball that gets swings and misses. He's got a pretty lively fastball at this point. He's a, he, The metrics don't hate Ronnie Garcia. Um, so I, I think that it could be possible that he makes it through this, uh, this, this wave of pitchers getting healthy again. 
just on the sheer fact that uh, I, don't, I don't think they mind him as like a two winning, you know, fifth or sixth inning reliever out of the pen. Even a, even a late, like you're down two runs in the seventh kind of a pitcher. I, I really don't think they mind him there. So I, I think Ronnie might kind of make the cut throughout. Um, but as far as people that won't, I do think that Barnes is on thin ice. Uh, I also think that Elvin is a uh, probably the slam dunk first candidate to go, I guess. Then it probably turns into a conversation. Well, it also depends on what kind of role you want Tyler Alexander to be. Like, this is such a fluid conversation. Like, if if Tyler Alexander comes back and you want him to be in your rotation, that's a totally different conversation than Tyler Alexander coming back and you going, you know what, we're going to stick with what we have in the rotation and Tyler's going to be a long reliever like he has been in the past. I, I, I can't imagine that they choose Tyler Alexander over Elvin, but, it, I mean, it depends on how – Quickly, he's going to come back, and and if anybody beats him back to the majors, like I said, really, really fluid. Um, so I, I I guess I would say Alexander for Elvin. Then I would say Erod for Barnes, and then when Pineda comes back in whatever three weeks from now, then you re bring up the conversation. Maybe Barnes for Foley, but then you also have another caveat thrown into this is that on June 19th, uh, the the maximum amount of pitchers you can have goes down to 13. So then you have another thing to get thrown in there, right? Because we're, we're, you know, teams are currently rocking 14, and uh, th- that's going to go down to 13 there at, at the end of June. So then even if you don't have anybody come back from injury, you're going to have to send someone down just because you have to. Very, very complicated roster construction is. And I think it's a fascinating conversation. This is one that I, I wish was more kind of back and forth, you know, was was more like I could hear your guys' opinion and whatever. So feel free to drop down whatever. If you want to tweet them at me, you want to leave them in the YouTube comments, you want to whatever, uh, get them out there because it's, it, it's a fascinating conversation for me. And I think there's a lot of different directions you could go. Um as far as the pitching staff goes, I think more people to look out for are Jason Foley. As far as people, that, and I've liked what I've seen out of Foley. At some point, it just becomes no roster spot for you, though. Um, so he'll, he'll be one to kind of keep an eye on. And then when it comes to starting rotation, outside of Elvin, I'm pretty confident the rest of these guys sticking around for, for a decent amount of time, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, Brisky, I, I think he was you know one of the first guys called up when the injury bug thing started. Uh, I, I don't think Brisky is is someone who's going to leave anytime soon. Alex Fiedel has absolutely played himself on a continuing to, to stay in this rotation and on the team. So in a couple of weeks, you could be looking at a rotation of Scooble, Erod, Alexander, Fiedel, Brisky. And then like when Pineda comes back, then you make another decision. And then when the roster goes down, you have to make another decision. You probably just axe a reliever at that point, though. And then Mize just becomes the big question mark after that. Really, really, really interesting stuff. I I, I love these conversations. So, um, like I said, if, if you have, I mean, Jose Cisnero isn't, I don't think, close, but he started light throwing, like some baseball activity at least. Uh, so we could maybe an after the all-star break thing for him. I have still not heard anything on Kyle Funkhauser. I have no clue what's going on with Funk. Literally no idea. 
Um, Matt Manning. I, we went this whole show and I didn't even bring up Matt Manning. That's totally on me. Um, if you've already left a comment of, about how I forgot Matt Manning, I, psych, I gotcha. So Manning's an interesting one, still technically on the 10-day, but he hasn't even started really ramping back up yet. Uh, that was a really just unfortunate situation where uh, he, he's got that dog in him and, and he just wanted to pitch. He wanted to help the team. He wanted to rush himself back because of all the injuries that we do have in the rotation. And unfortunately, uh, was just hiding the fact that he was hurt. And so now he's just not throwing at all. I'm not even sure if he's really close to rehabbing. I, I think Manning could be a, a early July type of thing, more so than a late June type of situation. Um, so we'll see kind of how that goes. And then the only other person I think I didn't talk about that's technically on the IL is Turnbull, who I brought up, I guess, at the beginning. But I don't think he's pitching this whole season. So, okay, there you go. There's everybody. A lot, lot of stuff. I mean, like I said, we could l genuinely see a quarter of this roster totally different in three weeks from now. Maybe even up to a third of the roster if there's some performance stuff going on too. Whole different outlook on everything. Green, Meadows, Alexander, Erod, Pineda, Victor Reyes. Lot, lot of turnover. And, and you're talking about dudes, Jacob Barnes, Jason Foley, Ronnie Garcia is in that conversation. Elvin Rodriguez. Um, I mean, we talked about Eric Haas for whatever that's worth. Willie Castro is also someone who's not safe from getting demoted at all. I know that I kind of left him out for, for a lot of those conversations, but that's more of just the fact that I think AJ Hinch loves Willie Castro than it is uh, like me thinking that Willie's a lock to just stay on this roster forever. Um, I mean, he wasn't on the roster when everyone was healthy, right? Like he wasn't. So as dudes start getting healthy again, he's very expendable. Um, and then Daz and Derek, like we talked about, technically like the only two true outfielders even on the roster right now. That's unbelievable. Okay. So there you go. There you have it. Thanks for making a lot of time, Tigers, your first listen every day. Now, for your next listen, like I said at the beginning of the show, listen to Lockdown MLB. Host Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, brings you, brings you his humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories from around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Lockdown MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast, just like us. That'll do it for me. I thought this was going to be a short episode, and I ended up talking like five minutes over my time again. So I'm really good at that. I'm a pro. At, uh, at going over time. I apologize for that. I'm, I'm trying to keep these to 30. I just like to talk. Okay. Peace and love. Going to therapy's dope. And um, I'll catch y'all tomorrow. Hopefully recapping a dub in Pittsburgh. Go Tigers, baby.